You're listening to Secrets of a Bridal Seamstress podcast. I'm your host, Nadine Bozeman. In this podcast, I'm sharing business systems and strategies specifically tailored to the bridal sewing industry so you can build your own modern and profitable bridal alterations business. Join me as I also get to chat with fellow seamstresses and share their personal success stories. I'm so glad you're here and that we can grow together in this unique trade. Jessica, thank you so much for being here because you are the guru of small business and small business community. And I feel like you have so much great insight on this topic. So thank you for spending the morning with me. Yeah, my pleasure. Um, So for those of um, our listeners who aren't familiar with you or what you offer for small business owners, can you share a little bit about how you became a maker? I mean, you and your husband started your own business years ago and now you're kind of doing your own thing. So let's hear about that first. Yeah, absolutely. So my husband and I own a coffee company, as you know, um, and we started that business almost seven years ago. Now, um, we started it when I was like six months pregnant and we (laughs) thought that's a good time to start a business. So, (laughs) um, so we knew nothing about coffee and now we know quite a bit. We learned and tested and played. And, um, yeah, so now we own Frenchy coffee roasters and, um, we do small batch organically sourced coffee. And then we partner with a French bulldog rescue every month because we love French bulldogs and, uh, (laughs) donate a portion of our proceeds to them. So it's been a fun, a fun adventure, both in business and philanthropy. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah. And you work specifically. So Jessica and her husband work specifically with small businesses by providing like little cute samplers of their coffee with, you know, business logos. So sweet Francis, we have samplers that we give to brides and then with our like holiday orders or retail orders, we include those and they're so perfect. So I think you've really done a good job of like meeting all different kinds of customers where they're at, you know what I mean? And providing for them. Yeah. Yeah. It's fun to be able to do that because I mean, in my circles, there's not a lot of other coffee companies doing anything like that. Right. Order, you know, thousands at a time. Yeah. And so it's nice to be able to do that because it's really popular in small business communities, especially with e-commerce to be adding, you know, extra freebies and thank you gifts Mm -hmm. and holiday gifts and all those things for your customers to just kind of elevate their experience. Oh, totally. Yeah. It's perfect. And it's just like, it's a little investment for me. And I appreciate that. I didn't have to order 500 (laughs) hundred at a time. Yeah, And then I just put them in there for my brides. I put them in the little like dress pocket or whatever with a little thank you note. And it's like, so cute. And then you designed a cute little label for me. So I just love it. So in addition to that, like, how did you, there's just so many things that I'm like, I need to keep myself like in check because I'm really excited to talk about all these different things. <laughs> so then you also started a community building uh, plan. I don't know how to put it into words for other local business owners. And that's what I really want to get your insight on because yeah. bridal seamstresses, we are kind of on our own island. You know, we're working most of us from home or some of us have workspaces, but we're pretty isolated. And so this idea of community can feel like, oh yeah, what a great idea. But it's like, how do we actually attain it, whether it's online community or what's probably harder for seamstresses is that like in-person community with their surrounding businesses. So how do you establish community with, um, with, uh, local small businesses? You started rising tides Yes. and can you share about rising tides and how that all came to life? Absolutely. So I've owned a couple businesses in my life and I've always kind of 
put on markets. I like to do events. Mm -hmm. I have a background in training. And so like, I like to be with people and do all of those things that are, you need community for. So I hosted a couple of events when I um, owned a boutique. And then once I closed that down, I decided that I really wanted something here where I live in Port Orchard um, to bring people together in a market sense. And we didn't, at the time, didn't really have anything like that. Yeah. So I did one market and we almost canceled it because COVID was starting to become an issue. Yeah. And I think two days later, the world shut down, you know, Mm -hmm. so we got that market in, it was a great success. It was wonderful. And then it was like, okay, you can't do this anymore. Yes. Yeah. So, um, so then I moved, I moved it virtual, which was at the time, not something that people were doing now. Right. I remember being in the first one and I was like, oh my gosh, this is a crazy idea. We didn't know that like there was all this stuff to do online. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And so, um, so we created that virtual market and I did that for over a year. Um, Mm -hmm. and then now markets are available again. So I kind of stopped doing that, but it was a great way to connect with people. People saw like, I still hear people talk about the sales that they got and the people that they met during that time when small business was really suffering. And so I've seen it both ways, right? Being able to connect with people in person. And then it's Mm -hmm. also very valid to be able to do it online too. Yeah. And you've, I think what's been so cool to watch you do is you initiated that culture, whether it was like the in-person communities, the online communities. So how, what's like the first step in getting something like that started or getting people on board with you even? You, you just have to do it and not care what anybody thinks and have the confidence in yourself to do it. Because the first time I hosted a market, I was scared to death that nobody would come. Right. Oh yeah, totally. You have all these people looking to you. They paid for the event, like, and they're looking at you to make sure that you got sales, um, in the door. And so yes, part of it is that they have to advertise too, but ultimately the buck stops with you as the showrunner. Mm-hmm. Um, whether it's online or in person. So really just having that confidence to say, okay, I'm going to step out and I'm going to try this and I'm going to be transparent with people and let them know, Hey, I have not done this before, but if you're yeah. willing to get on board, like I will take care of you as much as I possibly can. And yeah. I met some of my best business friends by doing that. Um, and then people who have then turned into clients of mine, mm-hmm. um, in my other business because they trust me and we built that relationship over, you know, almost two years. Right. Right. So now, cause now you're working as a business coach, which yes. it's like, you just have this like magical life. So now <laughs> you moved on to like coaching others and helping them, you know, figure out what you figured out the hard way along yeah. the way. Right. Yeah. But, um, so in addition to the markets, like you do like photo shoots, I feel like you've planned more than just markets. So I don't want to like yeah. limit you to just talk about those, but I'm thinking of like, how would a bridal seamstress go about creating a community of their own. And you've done a really great job of thinking outside the box. So like for Mm -hmm. businesses who don't have, you know, something for a market, you provided photo shoots or like retreats. So share how those ideas come to life and how you get that kind of ball rolling. Yeah. So I think, um, one of the things that sticks out in my mind was something that I was told when I first started my boutique and that was see a need and fill it. And so, Mm -hmm. That's really the way that I operate is that I'm very uh, aware of what is going on in the small business community and what is lacking. And I am 100% willing to just say, okay, let's try it. Let's see if it's going to work out. So, 
And sometimes you have to do that. There isn't always community for you to plug yourself into. So sometimes you have to create it yourself. And yeah. um, so like with the photo shoots that you mentioned, I recognize that a small business that's making $500 a month in sales, they can't afford to invest $2,000 in a photo shoot. Right. Is it worth the investment at some point? Absolutely. But right now, maybe $200 feels a little bit more doable. So I get people together, I rent the space, I hire the photographer. And so then it becomes more affordable. And all of these business owners have the opportunity to connect with each other, learn something from each other, and then hopefully forge relationships that will carry them forward. Yeah. Yeah. And I love this idea. Like, oh my goodness, I would love to do something like this with seamstresses because you had, you always find these beautiful homes, or I don't even know where you have these photo shoots, but they're like, (laughs) it looks like a magazine. So yeah. it's places that, you know, like small businesses, you wouldn't just like walk into or think of on your own. And then right. you found a great photographer and you see the products that come out of that. And they're like gorgeous, you know, headshots and, you know, branding photos. And it's so fun. And it's just something that like, I wrote down when you said, see a need and fill it because you saw that, yeah, that was an expensive need and, but every business really needs it. So mm-hmm. love that. And then you had a retreat also, wasn't that 2020? Uh, you planned your first retreat. It was June. of. Oh, year. okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It just all blends together. So like, <laughs> where are we? I know. Okay. It does. <laughs> <laughs> so that must, that it really intimidates me like planning an overnight retreat where it's like, okay, pay this amount of money. And then you're going to receive this, that, and you're going to leave encouraged and whatever. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, and for listeners, you do not need to plan a retreat. This is not no. your first step to creating community. <laughs> Okay. No. Like, oh my gosh. This is a big to-do list. No, but this is what could be accomplished. This is like, yeah. just, yeah, absolutely. So planning a retreat was born out of 15 years of working with people, coaching people and like knowing that I was confident that like, Hey, if a speaker didn't show up, I could step in and I could take over, you know, yeah. you don't yeah. want to plan a retreat. If you've never been to an event before, you never spoken in mm-hmm. front of people. That's like an adventure you should wait on <laughs> until later. Um, <laughs> But that was something that was born out of collaboration, right? Because yes, it Mm -hmm. is very scary to be like, hey, I'm going to fork out $5,000 and hope people come um, in the middle of a pandemic. So, you know, I partnered with my friend Katie Diaz, um, who owns Gadabout Couture, and she also runs markets. And so we did that together as a team. We hired speakers. um, We advertised like crazy. And we had an amazing weekend of people getting to know each other, getting to relax and unwind and enjoy the hot tub and those kinds of things, but also learn. And so, like you said, planning that is not necessary and it may never be necessary for you. You may not ever have the desire to do that, but (laughs) attending events like that, yes, step out of your comfort zone. Okay. This is a group of women that I've never met and I'm going to go spend a weekend with them. Yes. Do it because you never know who you're going to meet, what kind of connections you're going to make and what you're going to learn. Right. And I think there is this like kind of magic energy that comes with being around other women who have the same goals. You know, like I have, you know, great girlfriends, but they don't all have the same like long-term goals. They don't have the same drive as me or, you know, they have their nine to five jobs. So like some, you know, we just, there are some things that you need that community for. And so when you're, um, you know, with those other women and the ideas are buzzing and it's like, Oh, the inspiration is like, crazy. So yeah. I love that. Um, yeah. I'd like to, I have this idea in the back of my mind of having a, a seamstress retreat, but because right now we're kind of like all over the country, it would be like, we, 
most of us would have to fly somewhere. So it would kind of be on like a bigger scale, but I'm like, oh, we got to get this show on the road. So, okay. So I'm going to ask you to think as a seamstress, I know you're not, but (laughs) (laughs) because I know our listeners are like, oh my goodness, I want this. I want this community. But like I said, you know, we're pretty isolated and I know even just in my own area, when it comes to my local seamstresses, most of them, they keep their cards close. And Mm -hmm. so those conversations are, can be harder because they can see me as like competition as opposed to like, Oh yeah, let's just chat about our, you know, strategies and pricing or whatever, our resources. So, um, anyway, I, I totally, if, if you're listening or you're watching and you're like, this all sounds good, but how do I literally do this or create this. Um, that's what I want to get into. Just yeah. specify it for our seamstresses. So, um, what could be the first step for a seamstress or what are some ideas that a seamstress could, you know, get into community or finding friendships in their area? Absolutely. So I think the first thing is don't limit yourself to just seamstresses. Um, so think about maybe people who are wedding vendors in general. Okay. Mm-hmm. So opens up your pool in a huge way. Yes. And there's not that idea of competition. Now I'm all about sharing with everybody. Cause I think there's a seat at the table for everyone, but I recognize that, that, um, there's a little bit of fear associated with that, with losing clients and things. And so I understand mm-hmm. that. And eventually, hopefully that's something that people work through. But if you're finding that you're kind of not lucking out with people who are in your exact field, then maybe you're looking at florists. Maybe you're talking to photographers. Maybe you're talking to venue owners. Mm-hmm. So you can widen that pool. You all have a similar experience and then a similar niche. And then also you're expanding your referral pool as well. Totally. Yes. So oh. that's, yeah, that's, I mean, that's super, super important. If I only worked with or talk to coaches who help makers, like I wouldn't find anybody. Right. (laughs) Right. Exactly. Yeah. And we help each other and we're in totally different areas of our business. Mm -hmm. We talk to totally different people, but we can still help each other. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember my first conversation with uh, my friend Courtney and she owns a a local bridal shop and I had kind of a concern about a client and I was like, maybe I shouldn't bring it up, but I think that she'd understand because she also works with brides. And that first conversation just like basically started an awesome friendship because it was like, oh, she's not sewing the dresses, but she totally understands this concern Mm -hmm. with, you know, this family member of the bride or whatever. Like, and then it's like, you just get that instant support. And I, I, I've gone back to this before on the podcast, but you know, as a teacher, when I taught in public schools, like our lunch break was therapy, you know what I mean? So we'd like meet for lunch. We'd talk about, Oh my goodness, I had a really hard day. And yeah. Is it a full moon? But you know, we're like yeah. going back and forth and then you hear like, okay, it's not just me. Mm-hmm. And I think there's so much value just in that piece alone, knowing like I'm not alone in this mm-hmm. and um, your bride isn't communicating with you either. So, okay. There's maybe, how can we come up with better ways to get our message out there or make our message clear because it's not us, but you know, we're seeing the same thing coming from the same clientele, you know? Yeah. Um, and then, um, another like recent new friend, my f- new friend, Lacey, she's a wedding planner. And I, um, I love hearing her insight of like, um, the things that she sees at the weddings, you know what I mean? Where I'm like, Oh yeah, that's also going to help me as I prep the bride. So that is a great first step. And mm-hmm. we had, um, like just last year, we had our little bridal boutique. You, I don't think you made it there, but you gave us your coffee samplers, but it was beautiful because, you know, nothing was happening last year. Um, everything was shut down. And so we created, or it was just, yeah, this past 
year. Again, I'm like, was it 2020 or 2020? <laughs> when was it 2021? It? <laughs> <laughs> it was February and we had a, a little bridal boutique in here. So we had, you know, a, a different vendor representing, you know, different services. And we, when we were setting up and then throughout the show, and then when we were like tearing down, we all had similar stories of what we were going through, what we experienced in 2020 and what we're anticipating for the next year. And, um, just being in a similar in that industry is super valuable. So I love, you do not have to only be working with seamstresses. If you create some kind of coffee date or something with vendors Yep. and that cross pollination (laughs) of referring out is great too. Yeah, absolutely. As many referral lists as you can get on, like do it because you never Mm -hmm. know who's going to run into who. And because not every client that you um, talk to is going to book you, right? And so if you can get mm-hmm. a massive amount of referrals, then that helps your business for sure. Oh yeah, totally. So then you have, um, an online membership, which I want to get into and the value of online community. And I think we always knew that that was there, but mm-hmm. obviously the past couple of years, we now know how valuable that is or yeah. really like how meaningful your online relationships can be. Whereas mm-hmm. I don't know if we put like gave that much credit (laughs) before the pandemic, but now it's like, Oh, now we know. So talk about your membership and the value of being in a monthly online membership. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, I have a membership that's designed for moms who run handmade businesses. Um, so that could kind of apply to the seamstresses because you're doing handmade Mm -hmm. stuff. Um, but it really is open to anybody and uh, who runs a business and, not only does it provide training and value for you uh, in a business sense, but also it starts to form that community and it forms community of people who are very intentional about their business mm-hmm. and are looking to move it forward because they're willing to invest money in it. Yes. Um, yep. Sometimes we run into those free Facebook groups where people are, and this isn't all of them, but people are kind of toe dipping in their business. They're kind of halfway in, halfway out, or they're there to just complain all day. And that's not really fun. You know? I love how you're, yes, yes, yes. Oh, yes. Keep going. Yes. <laughs> that's not um, encouraging for you. It's not motivating for you. I don't like to hear people whine all day. Like I will hear you vent and then let's find a solution right, instead of like, right. oh, my life is sucks. Nobody likes me. Nobody wants to. I am literally <laughs> in a free bridal seamstress Facebook group yeah, and yeah. I'm trying not to use this hand because my nail is coming off. So I yeah, should have just been using my right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Okay. Well, I'll still keep using this one. So I'm literally in a free bridal seamstress Facebook group and that comes up. Like just last week, there was somebody who's like, I don't know if I want to be in this industry anymore. And it's mm-hmm. like, what do you want out of that? So we're all giving encouraging like, blah, 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 and she's just coming back at like now, now, now. And I'm like, yes, okay, clearly you have nothing better to do, but just sit in the couch and vent. Yeah. So sorry, yeah. I interrupted you. I'm just completely no, 100% agree. <laughs> <laughs> and there are some free groups out there that are unicorns that do foster a really positive environment. So Like I said, it's not to say that all Mm -hmm. of them are like that, but a lot of them are, you know, and, Mm -hmm. or people who are on their way out of the industry or are just starting and they're looking for a ton of free help. And let's face it, like we want to help people, but we don't have time to spend hours giving people free help when we have our own business to run. So Mm -hmm. you just have to be mindful of like where you're spending your time. And if it's not serving you, then Mm -hmm. out. you know, I leave Facebook groups all the time. I will go in and in two minutes, if it doesn't look like it's going to be helpful or positive, I'm out of there. (laughs) 
I don't have time for it. Right. You don't need those notifications. Right. Yeah. No, no, you really, really don't. <laughs> so you have that online community through Facebook, but then you can also look for it on Instagram. Um, I have a friend who's a photographer. Her name's Kelsey. She's just a joy. And, um, she said, if you would have told me a year ago that my best friend would be somebody I met on Instagram and I've never seen in person, I would have laughed in your face, but now yes. it's the truth, right? So yeah. she met somebody on Instagram, they connected right away and they are like lifelong friends now and they've actually never met in person. So, mm-hmm. I mean, that is, there's a huge opportunity to meet people all over the country, all over the world yeah. and get different perspectives, different ideas and be able to really teach and share with each other. Whereas, you know, when we didn't have the internet, that was just not possible. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, um, uh, I just met, um, my friend Katrina last year on the interwebs on, Mm -hmm. um, Instagram and she's in the West coast. So she's not like super local to me. She's in Oregon and, but she's in the West coast. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I have a lot of seamstress friends on the East coast and I'm like, Oh my gosh, she's in my neck of the woods. So we had a great conversation about like our pricing because we could compare, like, what do you charge for this? Which is, first of all, it's a weird conversation to have, right? So you need to have that connection to somebody be like, let's lay all of our cards on the table (laughs) and like, what are you charging? Okay. What are you charging? (laughs) You know what? It's like, it felt super comfortable. And we had like a fun, like FaceTime chat about Mm -hmm. stuff and things that, you know, our pricing is different than East coast pricing or like the Midwest or whatever. So Mm -hmm. it was super supportive, but like, and comparable, that's the word I was looking for. And then we could support each other in like our specific wedding season too. I know that doesn't really apply to every business, but we definitely have our season, you know? Right. So Absolutely. now we know when to like give each other like little high five, like, okay, we're almost there because we're on the yeah. timeline. But thinking of, you know, when you first meet somebody, that's not your first thought is like, oh, I'm going to ask how much they charge for things. Cause yeah. that could be awkward, but <laughs> just developing those like relationships, it's su- super helpful and so supportive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so do you see a difference with your, um, whether it's like your friends or just like your cohorts who are involved in an online membership or coaching or some type of, um, like accountability pod, as Mm -hmm. opposed to people who work alone? Like, do you see, can you talk about that difference? Absolutely. So I think there's something to be said for having some skin in the game. You know, it's, Mm -hmm. Obviously, when you start a business, you're investing into whatever supplies you need, to your electricity, all of you know those overhead costs. But if you've never run a business, you don't know how to run a business, right? right. So it's just that's just how it is. Yeah. So being able to say yes, I need help, and I'm going to go and seek it out, and my business is worth investing in, and mm-hmm. whether that is with your time or with your money or with both, it gives you a little bit more legitimacy in your business. And to me, that's a client or a person who takes their business a little bit more seriously and is yep. really intent on being successful mm-hmm. instead of intent on wallowing in why am I not successful, you know? So finding people who will have are like-minded and will support you and cheer you on and you can cheer them on, or yeah. if you're ready to work with, you know, a coach or pay for a course because you right. know where you need help, then do that. And, and your success will be multiplied by getting those tools from people who've already learned those lessons. Right. Yeah. And then do you see like, I, yeah, I'm like absorbing everything that you're saying. Cause I love everything. <laughs> um, 
but how, and I'm like totally the type of person I like to see like results really fast. And if I don't see results, then I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm a failure or yeah. all those <laughs> I'm working on that, but it's like, <laughs> those feelings are real. So yeah. have you had, and I don't know if you can share about this, but have you had people maybe in your membership or that you've personally coached on one where it's like, you have immediate results and it's like, woohoo, this is working as opposed to people who maybe they're not seeing immediate results. And then yeah. do you, what do you, what is that? Um, what's the difference between their, the work they put in? I don't yeah. know. I feel like I'm asking this in a really roundabout way, but what's the difference between people who like have success and then don't? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I, think I, I think that's how I'm so, going to wrap it up. <laughs> I love that you mentioned that instant gratification. Cause that's why, like I, when I first came out of high school, I went to beauty school and that's why I loved cutting oh. hair. Cause it was like, yes. boom, boom, boom off. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, <laughs> done. Yes. So, that's the difference between that like changed. knitting and sewing. Like a sewing <laughs> yeah. project, I'm like, oh, I instantly see this. And then knitting, I'm like, oh, okay. It needs to be like <laughs> more like change. Zen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, first of all, if you're going to invest specifically in like a one-on-one coach, um, you have to be ready to do the work. And if you're mm-hmm. not, don't waste your money because it will be a waste of your money. Mm-hmm. Right. So you really have to be ready to say, okay, I'm going to commit X amount of time or whatever that coach or um, mentor says to you, like, I need you five hours a week. Okay. I have that time and I'm going to invest it and it's worth Mm -hmm. it. And if it's not to you, then do not spend the money because it doesn't matter how wonderful that coach or mentor is. If you are not going to put in as much or more effort than they are, you're going to get nowhere. Right. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I've personally experienced this because I've been in a couple masterminds with uh, Stephanie Booth the first one loved it. Like it literally changed my life. And then the second one, I had a lot going on. I was distracted. I was just excited to work with her again, but I wasn't ready. And I felt like so frustrated with myself because I wasn't actually using the things that she was teaching. And then I actually did a third mastermind with her and I was like present. I was there and it was like, okay, the magic is back Yeah, (laughs) because I was actually working. So that was the magic. Yeah. Absolutely. Because oftentimes I think, and I've experienced this too, where I'm like, oh, this course is going to change my life. Oh, but three months later, I haven't even watched it yet. (laughs) And then you kind of are like mad at the person who made it, but it's not their fault at all. Right. (laughs) It's your fault because you didn't implement anything. So a lot of that is like self-reflection of like, okay, is this really not working for me or am I not working? Um, Mm -hmm. I find that that's, you know, as long as you've found a qualified mentor, it's usually that you're not putting in the work that you need to. I know. And that's um, so, un- <laughs> so oh, I hate to saying it to myself. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, but yeah. um, but when you, if you're moving more slowly, that doesn't mean that you're not progressing. And so, you know, some businesses will pop off on Instagram and then all of a sudden they are doing, you know, three, five, five to seven figures a month. And mm-hmm. there's not a rhyme or reason to it, right? They just right. happen to have a couple of reels pop off. And so that's not to say that they didn't work, but it's also, there's a little bit of luck there, right? There's right, a little bit right, of right. to how the algorithm works. And, and sometimes that's on TikTok or Facebook or Pinterest or wherever your, your client lives. And so you, you will have people who grow slowly. And, you know, if you make a hundred dollars more next month than you did this month, that's okay. You know, mm-hmm. not everybody has to rock it to the moon right away and not everybody yeah. can, you know? Yeah. So you have to be okay with that. Cause I think we're in this culture of like, you can make seven figures by next month. Well, okay. Yes. Like I know. 
work you know, 300 <laughs> hours a day, then sure. <laughs> you know? Exactly. Just sell your soul you know? and you're there. Yeah. yeah. And I've had to deal with that in my own life. I have two small kids. I have a husband. I have another business. So mm-hmm. me making six figures a month right now is just, that's not realistic, right? That's mm-hmm. not realistic for where I'm at in my life. And that's okay for you too. You know, if you have those goals, great, but it's not going to happen in a month right. or two. You right. Know, so, so slow and steady is okay too. It's right. It's really fine. Yeah. And I think for something like a membership, that's more of like a, it's, you know, a lower, more like a more regulated, I guess, commitment than a coach, like coach. Usually you're like putting in more money up front yeah. and yeah. it's like a really intense experience. Whereas like a membership, it's like, you're going to have that auto withdrawal. And then you'll always have that content to go back to when you're having a slow season. And that's what yes. I appreciate about memberships is like, okay, yeah. I don't need to beat myself up if I do nothing this month. Cause I'm too busy. But then it's like, oh, I have like a video vault to return yeah, to. You have whatever. this bank of content yeah. to go back to. Yeah. Yeah. I'm giving yourself. That. Yes. <laughs> you didn't need to go back and do it, but it's there for you. Yes, yes. Yeah. But there's also grace for like those months where you're overwhelmed. And then it's like, okay, we all have those seasons where yes. it's like, oh, I'm super motivated and I get all this cranked out. And then I have a season where it's like, I've done nothing. Yeah. I've just been sitting here, which has kind of been like this past month, but it, it's just because I've been tired from like wedding season, but it's anyway. And that's another conversation. Oh my gosh. About letting yourself chill out and rest so you can do more later. But anyway, that's another episode. Um, Okay. So I am so excited. Like, and I have all these things that I'm like, what should I have as like our quote or like the name of this podcast episode? Cause there's so many good things (laughs) that you've just talked about, but um, you've already given like tons of great advice and great, you know, first steps, but what is a final tip that you would leave with a seamstress or another small business owner that's feeling isolated? And they're like, I don't want to have this be like my theme for 2022. We're all, especially in the wedding world, we're projected a really crazy busy wedding season. Mm -hmm. So, um, what could be a simple first step of something that you could do today? So, um, well, you can't necessarily do this today, but you can start planning it today. So, in-person events are super important. And as a seamstress, you need to show up at any kind of wedding event or fair that is happening in your area. And they're happening now, right? Mm -hmm. They're starting to happen. There's holiday ones. There'll be some more in January, February, as we roll into wedding season. And you need to show up to them because you need to go and meet every single vendor that is at (laughs) you. Obviously you can immerse yourself in the wedding hoopla and have fun. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Why not? try on some wedding dresses. If you feel like it, do whatever you need to do while you're there, but also, um, bring your cards, bring snacks. I always like as a market vendor, I always bring snacks to the other. That is so sweet. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like a great touch point of like, Hey, I brought you a snack. I know it's a long day. I wanted to introduce myself, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. And so even if you're not a vendor there, um, because as a seamstress, like that's a lot of time and energy when you may not book any clients that day, just go and meet people. Just go mm-hmm. spend the $15 to, to enter, bring the snacks, introduce people, and then mm-hmm. your referral base will then grow from right. there. And also keep your time at each table limited. Yes. Like quick intro. This is my car. This is a snack for you. Bye. Instead of like, yes. can I just loiter at your table? <laughs> Don't monopolize their time because obviously they're there to get clients, right? <laughs> Um, you're not a bride. So right, yeah, right. Absolutely. (laughs) But, and don't go stand in a crowded table. Like if there's a bunch of people there, okay, wait a a little bit. Maybe you go in (laughs) at a time that, you know, is typically slower. Maybe it's two o'clock on the Saturday afternoon or whatever. Mm -hmm. 
Um, but, but doing that can grow your network, but also can grow their network. Cause you maybe yeah. you have a bride coming to you. Who's like, I would need a really good MUA. Okay. Well, mm-hmm. I met two phenomenal ones at this event. Here's their cards, you know? Mm-hmm. So, um, you both side, both sides can build your referral right. grouping. And if you have like a, a specific like referral folder that you give out to people that has like, these are people that I know personally that I really like, and that adds to their experience. Mm-hmm. Too. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Well, thank you. I can't thank you enough. I'm just like really oh, excited to, to get this posted Yay. and, um, 2022 will not be a lonely year. So no. we are off to a good start, get plugged in, Absolutely. find some new friends on Instagram, get into yes. a membership. Of course, I want you to be in secrets of bridal seamstress membership, yes. or Absolutely. if I like how you mentioned too, like you can also, if there's a local group that is for makers, we're still makers, you know what I mean? Yep. We work with our hands. We're running a small business. So, um, I have one of the gals in my online membership. She um, is really involved in her. Um, it's funny that you mentioned the Facebook group because it was a free Facebook group that she joined and it was like a small business, whatever support, but mm-hmm. she loves it. And then they have like regular in-person meetings. So awesome. just take it all in. Exactly. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Thank you, Get Jessica, so much. And then yeah. tell us where um, our listeners can find you. Yes. So you can find me on Instagram at jessica.guzikowski or my website is makersgonnamakemoney.com. And your Instagram is really fun. And I, I literally <laughs> watch the reels and then I take a screenshot when it's like the bloop, 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 all these little tips. I'm like, okay, or I save it. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to do what she tells me to do. <laughs> all right. Thank you so much, Jessica. Thanks, Nadine. <laughs> Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you like what you heard, please subscribe and share this podcast with a friend. And if you're feeling really generous, leave a review. Thanks, everyone.